Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. American Immersion Theater presents Calm Mysteries, read by Perry F. Bruns. Through her sobbing, she heard a few of the whispered phrases. Acted quite normal. Very cheerful. Wanted to give him a good supper. Peas. Cheesecake. Impossible that she... After a while, the photographer and the doctor departed, and two other men came in and took the corpse away on a stretcher. Then the fingerprint man went away. The two detectives remained, and so did the two policemen. They were exceptionally nice to her, and Jack Noonan asked if she wouldn't rather go somewhere else, to her sister's house, perhaps, or to his own wife, who'd take care of her and put her up for the night. No, she said. She didn't feel she could move even a yard at the moment. Would they mind awfully if she stayed just where she was until she felt better? She didn't feel too good at the moment, she really didn't. Then hadn't she better lie down on the bed 
Jack Noonan asked. No, she said. She'd like to stay right where she was in this chair. A little later, perhaps, when she felt better, she would move. So they left her there while they went about their business, searching the house. Occasionally, one of the detectives asked her another question. Sometimes Jack Noonan spoke at her gently as he passed by. Her husband, he told her, had been killed by a blow on the back of the head, administered with a heavy blunt instrument, almost certainly a large piece of metal. They were looking for the weapon. The murderer may have taken it with him, but on the other hand he may have thrown it away or hidden it somewhere on the premises. "'It's the old story,' he said. "'Get the weapon and you've got the man.' Later, one of the detectives came up and sat beside her. Did she know, he asked, of anything in the house that could have been used as the weapon? Would she mind having a look round to see if anything was missing? A very big spanner, for example, or a heavy metal vase? They didn't have any heavy metal vases, she said. Or a big spanner? She didn't think they had a big spanner. But there might be some things like that in the garage. The search went on. She knew that there were other policemen in the garden all around the house. She could hear their footsteps in the gravel outside, and sometimes she saw a flash of a torch through a chink in the curtains. It began to get late, nearly nine, she noticed by the clock on the mantel. The four men searching the rooms seemed to be growing weary, a trifle exasperated. "'Jack,' she said the next time Sergeant Noonan went by, would you mind giving me a drink? Sure, I'll give you a drink. You mean this whiskey? Yes, please, but just a small one. It might make me feel better. He handed her the glass. Why don't you have one yourself, she said. You must be awfully tired. Please do. You've been very good to me. Well, he answered, it's not strictly allowed, but I might take just a drop to keep me going. One by one, the others came in and were persuaded to take a little nip of whiskey. They stood around rather awkwardly with the drinks in their hands, uncomfortable in her presence, trying to say consoling things to her. Sergeant Noonan wandered into the kitchen, came out quickly and said, Look, Mrs. Maloney, you know that oven of yours is still on, and the meat is still inside. Oh, dear me, she cried. So it is. I better turn it off for you, hadn't I? Will you do that, Jack? Thank you so much. When the sergeant returned the second time, she looked at him with her large, dark, tearful eyes. Jack Noonan, she said. Yes? Would you do me a small favor, you and these others? We can try, Mrs. Maloney. Well, she said, here you all are, and good friends of dear Patrick's too, and helping to catch the man who killed him. You must be terrible hungry by now, because it's long past your supper time. And I know Patrick would never forgive me, God bless his soul, if I allowed you to remain in his house without offering you decent hospitality. Why don't you eat up that lamb that's in the oven? It'll be cooked just right by now. Wouldn't dream of it, Sergeant Noonan said. Please, she begged, please eat it. Personally, I couldn't touch a thing. Certainly not what's been in the house when he was here. But it's all right for you. It'd be a favor to me if you'd eat it up. Then you can go on with your work again afterwards. There was a good deal of hesitating among the four policemen, but they were clearly hungry, and in the end they were persuaded to go into the kitchen and help themselves. The woman stayed where she was, 
listening to them speaking among themselves, their voices thick and sloppy because their mouths were full of meat. Have some more, Charlie. No, better not finish it. She wants us to finish it. She said so. Be doing her a favor. Okay, then. Give me some more. That's a hell of a big club that guy must have used to hit poor Patrick, one of them was saying. The doc says his skull was smashed all to pieces just like from a sledgehammer. That's why it ought to be easy to find. Exactly what I say. Whoever done it, they're not going to be carrying a thing like that around with them longer than they need. One of them belched. Personally, I think it's right here on the premises. Probably right under our very noses. What do you think, Jack? And in the other room, Mary Maloney giggled. Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly cared for in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>